Welcome in to the DNBR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by Evan Rowell, and our DraftKings pick of the week this week, odds boosted, Sean O'Malley to win by KO, TKO, or disqualification in the first round at UFC 260. Is it 260? Yeah, 260. He's plus 380 to knock a dude out in round one. The dude has quite a few knockouts in his career. So go win yourself a bunch of money on that with the DraftKings pick of the week. Avs lose 3-2 to two in overtime to the Vegas Golden Knights. Today just has bad vibes all, of, all the way around. Today <laughs> has been a bad vibe day, top to bottom. There's Good things aren't happening today, Evan. How are you doing? Um, I mean, I'm all right. It sounds like AJ had a tough time getting to the rink. So, yeah, that game, I had a feeling it was going to end that way, just the way things were trending in the second half of the game. It was just uh, that Vegas really slogged that game down, and that's what they want to do. And, yeah. Yep. Yep. No, no argument there. The third period is the worst period the Avs have played in a long time. I, like, maybe since before this point streak that they're on started honestly um obviously they got away with it and managed to make it to overtime but it was not pretty so certainly plenty to work on for the f's yeah and that's i mean what we're in the season series now both teams have won three games it's if these teams meet in the playoffs i wouldn't expect anything differently yeah. like this is going to be a tight tight series if they meet so. Avs technically one point up now. The official mm-hmm. record on the series for the season is 3-2-1 and one for them. So evenly matched, to say the least. Um, uh, let's, let's start from the start of the game here. Obviously, the Avs start out great with the hottest man on planet Earth and Jonas Donskoy. Just he can't miss right now. <laughs> yeah, even he was surprised that thing went in. He's like, what? But... Yeah, that was wild. All starts with Gerard just basically beating every single forward on Vegas just to start the breakout. But yeah, that's that's how you want to start a game. You know, you give it to the hottest guy in the league and just let him shoot the puck. And apparently, it's just wired bar down. So great start, Donskoy. You know, I thought he was good again. You know, there wasn't really any forward who I felt like it was really consistent throughout this entire game. It was kind of a yeah, like I said, it was it was just really slogged down. There wasn't anyone that was really great, but Donskoy was probably the best of the bunch and had a good majority of their best chances. I would say. Yeah, I, I mean, you you saw it. The interesting part about the Donskoy conversation is Jared Bednar rewarding him with with PP one time, and Bednar usually doesn't do too much of the the work in the hot hand type of thing, but. He did it tonight with Donskoy. Obviously, they lost the game, but it when the first line in particular is struggling as much as it did in this game, sometimes you have to do something. Yeah, the first line was... They got away with it last game with their skill a little bit, but tonight it was just... It was ugly all around. They could not get out of their own end for a good chunk of the game. So, yeah, and... You know, they they put Donskoy on the power play. I would say he had a couple good chances there, but the power play just in general was pretty bad, especially yeah, the top I, unit. Both units were not good. The <laughs> second unit at least had a couple chances, but, yeah, it was ugly. Burakovsky is just a mess yeah. on the power play right now. Yeah, he's struggling. That dude needs to not be the man 
getting you the blue line right now because it's it's a turnover machine at the moment. Yeah, but yeah, I, I you know I, you can't really be too upset. I know people are upset about the refing. I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll we'll save it for later. <laughs> It'll be its own little segment. But I I think it's fair to say the Avs did not deserve to win this game. And yeah, they still oh, yeah, got a point yeah. out of it. Like whatever we say about the refs later, the abs had plenty of chances to win this game and they let themselves down. Zero, zero doubt about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and as you said, look, the way that third period played out, you have to be pretty happy getting a point if you're the Avs. Yeah, they got if you look at the shots and everything through the first two periods, it was pretty even. And then that third period got a little lopsided, especially on Vegas. I guess I haven't looked at the numbers. Their power play apparently is not good on the road, but it looked really good tonight. So uh, Grubauer had to be really good to at least get the Evs into overtime. And he was. But yeah, the third period was just, it was really ugly. And we saw one shift from McKinnon where it was like, okay, he's going to get it going. And then the next shift, he just like turned it over three times and, the Avs were stuck in their own end, so yeah, there was just nothing going from the Avs' best players tonight, really. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that take. Um, nonetheless, it, that that line still manages to get the Avs' second goal with a, a nice play, Taves and McKinnon combining to score late in the first period to to put the Avs up after the first period as well. And look. You get a goal out of that line, even if they have an off night, you got to find a way to win sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, it w- it kind of was their line. I guess Saad did a lot of the heavy heavy lifting there. Just That's true. It was like there. a, yeah, it was between changing. But, but I mean, it's just another indication of uh, Devontae's hockey IQ just to make the pass and then just immediately go to the open space and get the one-timer there, but yeah, that was about all we saw out of the top line, I guess, if we're going to call that the top line, um, considering who was on the ice there. But that was about all we saw from their really at even strength. For the most part, they were stuck in their own end. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can have this conversation now because this is where it's headed. But how did what did you think of uh, particularly – I had issues with the way Vegas defended Miko in this game because that dude was getting mugged all night. Yeah, if if I'm going to defend anyone on the top line, it would be Miko because, you know, he was trying to fight through a lot, whereas the other two just looked like yeah. they were not into the game really at all. Loading and fumbling pucks on Landy and McKinnon, for and sure. Miko was getting mugged, and, you know, obviously they called the one penalty, and you could tell he looked to the ref like, you can actually call this one? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the... I don't know. Vegas seems to, this is kind of how they play and the refs seem to give them a little bit of leeway. And I don't know. I hate talking about refing just cause it's, it's so inconsistent in every single NHL game that to complain about it, it's just like, I'm over it. But yeah, there, I, I get that there was some bad refing tonight and Miko certainly when McNabb, I think, you know, the first period looked like Miko had his stick at one point. So I can see why they didn't call it there, but I think in the second period, Miko was just getting mauled around when he was yeah. coming down the wing a few times. 
Look, I get it. We've talked about refing a couple of times this season, partially because I think it's been particularly egregious this year. And the problem that you have with refing is not that there are missed calls. That happens all the time. It's just part of the game. You have to live with it. The problem with the refing for me in this game and others this year is the lack of consistency. You set a tone. You say, all right, we're not calling this. And then the players will play around that. They'll understand what is and isn't being called. And they'll do the things that they're allowed to do. When tonight it felt like particularly in the second, third periods and overtime that the refs were just making it up as they went. Like something that is a penalty one minute won't be the next. And I, as a hockey player, I don't understand how you can play effectively in a system like that. And as someone who watches the game, it sucks. It makes what was a really competitive, probably one of the most even games of the year that the Avs have played. And it makes it hard to watch because every play I'm looking for a penalty now. Yeah, and I I think the one everyone obviously is going to have a problem with, which I think they have a bone to pick with, is the McKinnon tripping call. Yeah. Where he was really just battling in front of the net and it just looks worse than what it actually was at real time. And we have to, I mean, obviously they don't get the chance to look at the replays like we do. It's but, not a penalty. I, if they want to say it's an optics call, it was the dude tripped fine, whatever. But minutes later, Landis God gets a much more blatant trip on him in the slot. And then in overtime, McKinnon gets tripped pretty blatantly as well. And neither of those get called. Yeah. And that, that was where I was going to go is the, the McKinnon trip in overtime is, you know, if you're going to call the one where he's tripped in front of the net where you think it's a good scoring chance, you got you probably should call the one where he's actually tripped and at least a three-on-one the other way. Yep. So, But they don't like calling penalties in overtime. They called one the other night against Arizona, which was just ridiculous. Of all the penalties they were yeah, going to call, they called the, that one. There was like three penalties ten seconds before that that they didn't call, and then they called the softest one, and it's like, what is happening, man? Yeah. I, so it's it's always a matter of... You know, what are the rules? Like, the P- Graves had the two penalties, which, you know, I think the one where he stepped up in the neutral zone, yeah. he anticipated they were going to touch the puck. He didn't. You know, that's what happens. But then you also look at he trips the guy that comes in on the break, and he, you know, they say that he got the puck first, but that doesn't matter anymore. They got rid of that rule a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. But they didn't call it there either. So it's like no one knows what a penalty is and no one knows what the standard is. And that's really the only problem or the, I guess not the only problem, but the biggest problem. Yeah. It again, stuff gets missed and you understand it. But if I'm an NHL player right now, I have no idea what I can and can't do on the Mm -hmm. ice. Absolutely. Some games interference is completely allowed. Other games, the smallest interference gets called. I'd, I legitimately don't know how you you go about playing your game. Like, what what do you say to them if you're the coach? Do you just say just play your game, and if they call some shit, they call some shit? Like, mm-hmm. I I will say the one thing that always annoys me, and I just I said I hate complaining about refing, and here I am. Yeah, is when <laughs> into it. Burakovsky dumped the puck in late, and Flurry just comes out and basically just throws a pick. He yep. doesn't actually like touch the puck. He just gets in his way. And you can't touch the goalie, otherwise you're going to get a penalty. But he can just do that, and it's just not interference. And that's that's one thing that's always annoyed me. But I'm anti-goalie, so, yeah. It's – so, look, part of this is consistency and refing. I've had this conversation with A.J. Evans, so I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. But 
part of this is also the rule book. If you have rules written that are well-defined and that you actually, as the league, are telling your refs to call as it's written in the rule book, this shouldn't really be a problem. It's all of the rules that have a bunch of leeway in them that kind of cause issues with when to call it, when to not. We mm-hmm. see this with the knocking the puck out of play delay of game, right? There's It's a dumb rule if you want to think that, sure, but there's no room for interpretation in that rule. Every time it happens, it's a penalty. Mm-hmm. So maybe that can be fixed on the rule book side of things. Yeah, and the big one that always comes up is cross-checking because it happens all the time yep. in a game. Like it happens all over the ice, especially in front of the net. But, you know, you get the Landis Cog one tonight, which I agree, it's a penalty, but at least in my opinion. Yeah. But there's just no consistency with it. Like guys get knocked down in front of the net and cross checked when the puck's not there and they don't call it. It's just like, well, what, what is the call here? Like, yeah, there's just no, I don't know. There are rules there, but they, the refs are allowed to do with that what they will. Yeah. It, again, the problem there is the consistency. You call it every time or don't call it ever. Like you can't have this call it sometimes in between garbage. Um, anyway, enough of this nonsense. Let's let's get some positive vibes going on in here because today needs it a little bit. Avs now on a 10 game point streak. 8-0-2 in that stretch. One point behind the leader in the division starting to separate from the bottom five in the division. I guess Minnesota is still close, but this team is pretty darn comfortable at the top of the West right now. This is what we expected. What, two months ago when we were talking about how this division is going to go? I mean, we probably expected St. Louis to be a little bit better than they have been, but Vegas and Colorado have been pretty much as advertised. So, yeah, it's this. It's going to go down to the end probably, and obviously that last se- series against Vegas is probably going to be pretty important. So yep. it's just going to go down to the end, and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, the Avs are, like I said, you can't really be mad. They they picked up another point. They have points in ten straight games. They're not, you know, there's a couple games that we wish they. I guess you know the backup goalie games. You obviously wish they could, they could have closed some of those games out, but they're playing about as well as they can. And tonight was. Just we got so used to them dominating every yeah. single team that the fact that there's another team in their division that can keep up with them um, a little bit, you know, obviously they play a different style. It, it it can be a little bit jarring to see based on how the last 15 games or so have gone. But yeah, I mean, nothing to really complain about right now. Things are rolling. I mean, it's a little bit of a reality check game for the Evs, right? They hadn't lost with Grubauer and net forever. So uh, this one was a, Hey, if you want to beat the good teams in the league, you have to bring it every single night. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to find a way to be successful. Particularly your best players have to find a way to be successful because in both of these games, the top line really didn't do very much and they got away with it in game one and still got production from their depth. It cost them in this game. So, yeah, and I think also tonight, Makar was pretty bad too. So, you know, when when those four guys are just not going, you can see why the Avs are going to struggle. Yeah. It turns out your best players are your best players for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the good news on the other side of that, though, is Philip Grubauer played great despite the loss. Uh, Once again, did not get beat cleanly by a shot. Yeah, had a own goal deflection, a standard deflection, and whatever the hell you want to call that overtime goal. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it. I mean, the overtime goal was nonsense all the way around. Like, what did you think of the, of the actual goal? I I threw out the idea of potentially challenging for goalie interference. I mean, at the at very least, because you have nothing to lose, you might as well do it, right? But yeah, I didn't even watch the replay. Like, okay. I saw a stick shatter, but I didn't. I, you know, I didn't really look at Alex Tuck where he was. So I guess I'd have to watch maybe during the ad read. I'll look at the replay and see what you're talking well, about. But there's no I, ad reads today, so you're ah, so. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm not looking at it then, I guess. But uh, yeah. When the ass get to overtime, I always expect the most ridiculous goal against to happen because that's usually what happens. So that was, uh, you know, he makes a great play to deflect the pass away. Obviously, he hits the post, but if his stick is actually, you know, working still, that's not going to go in the net. Yeah. He's going to clear it in the corner and then it's going to be over with. But the problem is it started in the offensive zone. Landis Cog gets the puck and just like skates directly into the boards. Into the boards yeah. and it's yeah. like, okay, well. Now, there they go the other way. Can't give up that play in the first place, for sure. Yeah. Um, it. I mean, the abs aren't that bad in overtime. They're three and four. They're not great. And I, I think the bigger argument here is that does it matter? They're going to be a playoff team. In the playoffs, you play five on five until somebody scores. Yeah. So... No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, if there's a if there's a thing the Avs choose to be bad at three on three overtimes, that's an okay one to not be great at. Yes, but if, yeah, if they were at the bottom and fighting for every point, we'd care. But right now, well, I mean, I guess if they miss out on the top spot by like one point, maybe we would care a little bit. But well, I mean, there's an interesting question there too because it's looking pretty clear that Minnesota is going to be the three seed. So I, I guess it's it's not that as clear as I'm I'm saying, but let me ask you this: Would you rather play Minnesota or St. Louis in round one? Um, I mean, considering the way they've played Minnesota, probably Minnesota. Um, but I guess they really haven't played St. Louis. It's been so long since they yeah. played St. Louis. I the really St. haven't Louis been clear on what's going on. They were supposed to play them when the COVID break hit, but. I think well they play them next weekend. I think yeah so they play we'll back to back next weekend. So yeah, we'll have a better idea. And I think those are the first games with fans too. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, it's if if they had played St. Louis a little bit more recently, I'd, I'd feel better. But I'd probably still lean towards Minnesota either way. And then this is as Ryan says here in the chat. St. Louis's playoff spot is far from guaranteed right now. I think Arizona's only two points back of them. So. Yeah. I would also like to play yeah. Arizona. Yeah, I think the Avs <laughs> wouldn't mind playing Arizona. I think that's definitely true. So, yeah. the one team, I think they'd still beat them, but I'd never like playing LA. Like, just something about that team and the vibes always there that they can, you know, it's just something about Kopitar versus McKinnon. I feel like he's the one guy who can kind of slow him down. All of California, you know, it's the Avs year because none of the Cali teams are going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> so. But. Yeah, I guess St. Louis is not looking very clean right now. I have not watched any of their games, but I saw they 
didn't they lose to Minnesota the other night? Even though they outshot them like thirty-eight to yeah. one. Yeah, like it was. St. St. Louis is very injured, but they do not look like a good hockey team at all. So we'll see. We'll see if they figure out their stuff on the Av side. Is there something more tangible that you can take away from this game than the top line has to be better? Um. Well, it's it's tough to say because I guess I don't think any line was really that good. The second line started out really good and then they kind of just vanished. Yeah. But fourth line that dominated the other night was non-existent tonight. The Jost line, I felt like at least Jost and Nachushkin, I thought really struggled with the puck. Nachushkin got it taken off a stick several times. Um, it was really just Donskoy who kind of had it going. But yeah. I, it wasn't just the top line that struggled. Obviously, they, when, when they're really bad, everyone's going to notice. But I don't think any of the forwards really had a, a really good game tonight. Sure. I mean, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there either. The Avs only had 24 shots on goal in the game. Very it, low total for them. It's it's not the type of game the Avs want to play. That was super low event. I think it was 37 attempts for each team which is nothing like the Avs regularly putting up 60 plus in games for attempts. So, so Vegas did exactly what they wanted to do tonight. And yeah, I mean, talking about the forwards, I don't think anybody on the team really had a great game. So, you know, if other than Grubauer, but any of the skaters, I don't really think had a great game and you're not likely to win a lot of those games when you don't at least have one standout. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce your name. I'm sorry, but you're asking about Renouf and why he only, why him if he only plays five minutes. I mean, who else are they going to play, right? Like Timmons just came back from injury, so they're testing him to make sure he's okay in the AHL. Um, I Renouf or Patteron doesn't matter which one you play. I mean, it almost felt like they put Renouf in just to fight that guy. Yeah, like which, by the way, I thought that fight was worthless. I know it's Colazar, the dude who hit Byram, but the, what's, yeah. what's the point of that fight? Especially <laughs> right after the the scored. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, and then it's just like a nothing fight. It's like, okay, well, I get why you want to fight him. And if you want to fight him, like, fine, but probably don't do it right then. Like, <laughs> let the let things kind of play out. The Avs might have a little bit of momentum here. If uh, If Vegas had scored the first goal, maybe it's a different story, but... Yeah, and I guess that's the interesting thing is if Vegas scored the first goal, would Colesar even be like, "No, I'm not going to fight you." Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't understand in the modern NHL these. I, I don't want to say it was a choreographed fight, but it certainly wasn't a heat of the moment fight. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just just call that call instigating and those fights won't exist anymore. Yeah. I mean, the bigger thing obviously is that Byram is once again not Hurt. playing. Yeah. Like, here we go again. It's just... Yeah. He... I think I said in the grades the other night that, like, I love that he likes to... He's not afraid to take a hit, but he should... You know, we see Gerard is very good at avoiding him. McCard, for the most part, is very hit. good at avoiding yeah. him. So. Maybe you should be afraid of taking hits if you yeah. can't stay healthy. <laughs> yeah. You know, you probably don't... Obviously, he needs to 
bulk up. He's only 19. That's just what happens when you're 19. But yeah, you know, you probably just don't want him taking so many big hits. Like there's even plays where Gerard, you can see he bails out on the puck just to avoid the hit. So I'll take those if it means he's going to stay in the lineup. Like that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, I mean, they could play Patter, and I, I don't think that's particularly better based on what we've seen out of him in the NHL this season. Uh, they could YOLO and play Kyle Burrows. Yeah, I mean, ideally, obviously, it's Timmons, but... Yeah, sure. You know, even sure. even they don't really trust him super a lot right now, so he probably wouldn't have even played more than eight, nine minutes, so not a huge difference. Yeah, agreed. It's... And... You know, the, the bigger problem is Jacob McDonald once again looked. Yeah, this like <laughs> two games in a row for McDonald now that it's like, I don't want to say you knew this was coming, but you knew a dude can't pinch 30 times a game and have it be sustainable that he's not getting in any trouble on the other end of the ice. Yeah, there was some real horrifying moments with him when he got the puck and it's just like, because teams are starting to read what he's doing now, yeah. and that's what happens when teams get tapes on guys. Like, especially a good team like Vegas, they're gonna, you know, be able to, I guess, figure out what he's gonna do. Well, Vegas is one of those teams that will aggressively forecheck. They'll aggressively go the other way the second they get the puck. That that puts a someone who plays like McDonald does on the back foot a little bit. So, definitely probably has something to do with it. I won't say definitely. I'll say probably. <laughs> um, but look, I mean, the Avs played two even periods, and this game was 2-2 after the second. And I think that's reasonably what you can expect out of these two teams in, on any given game. There's going to be blowouts either way on occasion, like the last game for the Avs, the 3-0 shutout that Vegas threw at the end of the four-game series earlier. They happen, but these two teams are fairly evenly matched on the whole. Yeah. I think this is, like I said, I think the last 15 games have spoiled a lot of people where the Avs have just steamrolled every team. Like this is probably what a series against Vegas would look like for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it is one of those things too, with the divisional play style, right? This year where you don't get to go around the league and see the Boston's, the Tampa's to where you see, just where some of the best teams in the league are stacked up compared to the Avs, but mm-hmm. it's pretty much just Vegas right now that the Avs can use as a measuring stick. Yeah, and I saw someone asking about EJ. It sounds like the Avs are not expecting, they're not anticipating getting EJ back this year. Same yep. with Frankie. So it sounds like the Avs are on the hunt for a depth defenseman, which wouldn't surprise anyone really. Yeah. So. But, yeah, don't look for EJ to come back unless something drastic happens, I guess. Yeah, which keep your eyes peeled on the normal YouTube channel. We have a bunch of videos coming talking about potential trade deadline targets over the next couple weeks if you're interested in that topic. Um, Yeah, other than that, I mean, look, the Avs are still one of the best hockey teams in the league. I, I think that's the confidence you can take from this game is the Avs did not play very well and they were right there with Vegas. So credit Grubauer, credit Don Skoy, credit whoever you want, but this is a competitive hockey team, even on their off nights. 
yeah, that's what good teams do. They can stick around, and it's really just what it was just skilled plays that kept them in this game. And that's what their talent can do is if they're having an off night that they just have to make a few plays and they can easily win a game. That's how good they are. Yep. I think it's that it's that simple. Sometimes it only takes one play and look, it could have, they could have done it tonight. They play a little bit better in the third period. They find that one play and they win this hockey game, but they couldn't do it. So plenty to point out and improve, but plenty to be positive about as well. Uh, before we do get out of here, I do want to take a look at the Avalanche's upcoming schedule or the upcoming schedule for the go Avalanche. Back, go back to the baddies this week. Yeah. They, after this Vegas series, they go Anaheim on Monday and then Arizona on Wednesday. And then they get the St. Louis back to back at after that all at home. So they have four more games at home. Yeah. Three and one there, Evan, or two and two is good enough. No, you want if you're at home, you want to go three and one at least. Okay. I would think, especially against these teams. Like you got Anaheim, Arizona, who as long as against those teams, as long as you have Grubauer and Ned, which you know, I guess we don't, we can't just assume Grubauer is going to be a net for both those games. But as long as you have Grubauer and Ned, you have destroyed those teams for the most part. Like I mean, yeah, I. <laughs> You have to at least think you have a chance to win, even if they're starting JoJo, right? Yeah. I, yeah, that's what's going to be interesting is because they have the back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday against St. Louis. Yep. Is We just have to assume Johansson's going to start one of those games, or are they just going to say, okay, well, let's get Johansson his start in the middle of the week, and we'll have Gruby go back-to-back. Do they risk that? So that's really the only thing about this week is the back-to-back, but it's at home. You know, all these games are at home, and it's really the last extended homestand until, I guess, we get to the postseason when they're playing two games in a row. So they should go. You want them to go at least three and one. And at this, the way that things are going, the fact that they are they haven't lost a game in regulation in a long time, so maybe even go 4-0 or 3-0-1. There you go. Extend the point streak to 14 games, that would be. Um, yeah. This is the time to bank points. Yeah. I Look, they're already 10 points into a playoff spot. If they put 3-0-1 up on the board here, heading into April, that's when you start getting into the territory of ignore the race for first place for a second. That's its own conversation. But if you're not hunting down first place, all of a sudden, you know what? You can start to load manage some of these guys and say, you know, maybe we don't need McKinnon tonight, or maybe we can get Martin Cowd into a game, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look at guys like Brandon Sod seems to get up slow after every hit these days. I wonder if he's dealing with something. You know, if, if the Avs start to, you know, get some points here, I wonder if you start to rest these veterans. And that's what they wanted to do at the start of the year. <laughs> Uh, Bedner was pretty clear about that, but the real the way that the injuries went, they just haven't been able to. So, yeah, yeah, especially with a guy like Cout, what seven points in six yeah. games in the since, AHL since coming back from his injury, that dude is too good for the AHL. <laughs> like, yeah, so you want to get a look at him because you know he had the one game this year where like nothing happened. He took a penalty and then didn't play anymore. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, got stapled to the bench pretty fast. But 
you have to think the organization still likes the guy, considering they just refused to bring him into the bubble to save that ELC. Yeah, I, the management there has been super weird, for sure. Yeah, so you want to get a look at him. You know, I'm not even going to say Bowers because I have no, obviously he's I guess he's hurt right now, but no one knows what the plan is there. But you know, I think they're going to start to load manage guys once they get get up on some teams here. I, the only thing I'm afraid of there is if they really want to compete for first place with Vegas, because yeah. it's a, it maybe that's the right thing to do. Even it's a one point difference between the two teams right now. If you have a good good five on it, a good peg on it, that you think Arizona might be the four seed, you're feeling really good about round one if you can face Arizona. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I see Jared Bednar needs a new OT strategy. He has tried new things in overtime this year. Like, the whole yeah. throw in Kadri out to win the faceoff, that's worked. Like, they, what, they did the two defensemen thing earlier this year that worked. Like, he is trying different like, things. It's just, it right. also comes down to the players. Like, exactly. I Av's players are just don't seem very good in overtime. Bednar isn't telling Lannisgog to skate into the corner and pin it. Like, <laughs> yeah, three on three for. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to work out with some of these ass players, and I don't really know why, because you would think it does, or it should at least. Stylistically, you would think they would just smoke teams, but yeah, it is what it is. I don't know what to tell you. Um, any guess, final thoughts, Evan, or, or well, something? The, the load management thing, I guess w- the one thing, obviously the players is one thing, but how will, if they get up, are they going to load manage Groovy down the stretch? Because he keeps saying he loves what's happening right now that he's playing every night and the, the schedule this year is different because obviously they're not traveling after every game. They're usually yeah. in these stops for a couple of places. So it's not as gruesome as it is most years. So I guess we, we don't really know how bad this is for him to play every game. Cause it doesn't really seem to be bothering him all that much. Well, I mean, every other night the abs give up 20 shots or less doesn't hurt either. But. I know. What, 32 shots tonight felt like a lot of work for him. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but they might load manage him down the stretch. Who knows? But I think it's coming. Uh, They have to see JoJo a couple more times, I think. Oh, they definitely are going to see. They're not going to just give up on him. They seem to actually genuinely like this guy. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, right now... They can't commit to load managing Gruby until they know they have a backup that they can at least rely on being serviceable. So there might be a little bit more to that conversation, <laughs> just a uh, load managed Gruby. But we'll see. Yeah. Trade deadline a little more than two weeks away. So some moves to be made, perhaps. All right. I hate that I just called him JoJo. I said I wasn't going to do that. JoJo! That's his <laughs> name. His name is Jojo. It's not, but okay. <laughs> no, he's called Jojo now. It's official. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. We can keep this one short. So thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We do appreciate all of you. Hopefully next time you see us is back on our normal channel. Um, yeah, I don't. The NHL gave us a copy strike for a video that. There is no video. It was just a scheduled video, so I don't understand how that worked, but we're getting that sorted out, and we'll be back on the main channel, hopefully by Monday. Until then, we will talk to you all later.